Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Time Podcast, Episode 6. Today, on this podcast, we'll be taking a look at the song game. Uh, we're revisiting it, um, but we're going to take a look into the movies and the songs themselves. I'm your host, Micah, and joining me today is my co-host, Rissa. Hello. Hey, Rissa. How's it going? Pretty good. That's good. So, um, we're going to first start off with a bit of um, news with Disney. Um, You showed me an article earlier. And actually, there was an Instagram post from Enchanted Tiki Bar about Tangaroa Terrace. Uh, Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Tangaroa Terrace, um, that's... Uh, one of the casual dining areas, basically a quick service um, at the Disneyland Hotel. It's close to the Adventure uh, Tower, um, and it's connected to Trader Sam's. So what they're going to be working on at the end of summer, they're going to close it for remodeling so they can expand it um, in order to build an outdoor bar and just build it out so that there's a better flow. So they're expanding, basically? Yeah, exactly. Do you think... This is going to help a bit with uh, the amount of people that's at Trader Sam's right now. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, of course, you're always going to have that crowd that really wants to be in the Tiki Bar just to see all the, you know, the special effects that happens when you order special drinks. Um, yeah, I love that stuff. Like the yeah, uh, it's, it's so uh, fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a sinking ship. Grab um, the lifeboats. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it should help with the people that aren't really into that and they just want a good drink. Um, you see a lot of those people out on the, on the terrace already anyway. Um, but the thing that you don't realize if you've never been to Trader Sam's is they have like a rope, um, that separates Tangaro Terrace from Trader Sam's bar. So even though there's outdoor seating and you see a lot of outdoor seating by Tangaro Terrace, they don't actually serve you if you're past that rope. So, I mean, yeah, you can bring your drinks over there, but they're not going to give you, like, come More out drinks. there and, yeah, you have to go into the bar, bring your drinks out. So it's, and they won't serve you food. So it's inconvenient, basically. Right. So if they build out that, that outdoor bar, it relieves um, pressure on the on the staff inside Trader Sam's and, you know, more people can, can enjoy themselves. So earlier you said that the hours of the Tangaroa Terrace is a bit... Um, only in the daytime so yeah do you think they're gonna keep that with the new outdoor bar or do you think they're gonna extend the hours uh, I feel like they might just end up doing um, like a dinner service and then having like a bar time you know uh, where it's not full service right so like the the Trader Sam's itself will just be for people who want drinks only or something like that and then Tangaro Terrace will service people who want to sit down meal plus a bar. Well, uh, Trader Sam's and Tangaro Terrace actually share a kitchen, okay. um, so I'm I'm pretty sure you'll still be able to get the same offerings at both. It's just going to be bigger. They should just like extend Trader Sam's because it's a small like location. Yeah, I think they should just build it out. Yeah, you know, Com- combine the two, it would make more sense. Yeah. Because they already get like a lot of people there, so I feel like it's it's because they want it to be kind of still family friendly. Um, it being part of the Disneyland Hotel, they still want that experience for for children to have that time with their with their parents. Um, uh, well, they can make it like call the whole thing Trader Sam's, but you know, still have the food. If you just want food, sit down somewhere. If you want the bar, stay by the bar. You know. Yeah, sort of like how Cove Bar used to be. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. So I mean, it's an idea. I I wish that they would do it because it would really help out with the crowds. Yeah. Um, but you never know; it might just make it even crazier. Last time we went there, it was just like you know we had to wait to get in, and then like 
we had we didn't even get any seats until like 30 minutes into there so yeah we were standing it's crazy i didn't even understand yeah. why <laughs> i mean it's they have great drinks they do yeah and the entertainment's pretty good too so yeah you know, it's it's the bartenders themselves or the entertainment you don't even they're need hilarious like... they have a lot of character in them i i'm glad that they're cast members definitely yeah they're, they they kind of remind me of the um jungle cruise skippers yeah I, I think that's the whole point though you know because trader sam yeah, and whatnot yeah it's related but yeah it's pretty cool i think they're supposed to be like the the people the the skippers go to after a day of work or something yeah sort of like how lamp li- lamplight lounge is now for animators right right speaking of which uh i got some reservations over there for the the next time we go down there so I'm looking forward I to hope you guys trying. have fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying the new drinks and food they have. So I'm not sure what to expect. I haven't really read a lot about the reviews and stuff. You should uh, take a lot of pictures and uh, sneak some food out for me. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a to-go box, to-go box or something, and then uh, you could try the stuff. <laughs> Sweet. Cool. So next order of news um they're they're as you know they're expanding um into the downtown disney uh with a new hotel and if you notice they haven't really done a lot with uh in terms of demolition so i was looking at an article about uh what's going on why why isn't it expanding as fast as you know you would have think you would have thought that they're gonna expand and then it looks like what happened was um a long time ago when jack rather was still like the owner of disneyland hotel in the 70s they they had a richfield oil um service station that that had gasoline um and what they did was they had some gas tanks that were buried under the ground and then when they sold the the Disneyland Hotel to Disney in 88, they didn't dig up those uh, tanks. They left them there. And now it looks like it's been, uh, it polluted the soil pretty much. That's horrible. Yeah. It um, looks like Richfield was also a sponsor of Autopia at one point. Yes. And actually, right now, the gate that, um, like, that one of the out downtown Disney, they call it the Richfield Gate still. In, huh. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's right. So, um, that's what's going on with the delay there. Um, right now they have some food trucks, uh, close to that gate, but, you know, you would think that they would do do their due diligence before they even started, um, closing stuff down. So they can't even tear down any of the the existing structures. Yeah, because those, um, you know, the soil is. They have to deal with that soil before they can even uh, proceed with a lot of the work, like demolition and stuff. How are they able to even build like AMC and like ESPN Zone and all that and all of downtown Disney without noticing this? It's a good question. I <laughs> I don't know the answer, so. That that'll be interesting to like follow up on. I think it has to do with they didn't really have to dig into the soil, like when they were doing the um, uh, the foundations and stuff. They didn't yeah. really have to dig deep uh, where it's buried, so they didn't have to to really bother it. Um, so they didn't run into that contaminated soil until now, when they have to dig deeper for. A hotel pretty much because it's like sort of a residence basically yeah different type of zoning i guess but yeah yeah they should have done the tests before they closed down a lot of this area i think um, i mean that be- definitely would have helped yeah because now it's like a lot of unused buildings just sitting there yeah you could have still had some profit from amc from like rainforest cafe ESPN zone, they they still could have had some profit coming in from there. I mean, just the rent alone. Can you imagine? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even if the properties are owned by Disney, that's still a lot of、uh, income that they're, they're missing out on. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can start up that project again soon. Otherwise, people are, are going to be upset not being able to access certain things and not seeing any progress. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So I think that's it for news for now.、Um, cool. So last week we looked at,、um, we had a game and you picked a bunch of songs and had us guess what the songs were, which is a pretty、yeah. fun game.、Uh, and then this week we'll take a look at the songs and the movies they come from. So, Sounds good. Yeah.、Um, song number one. Uh, you you want to tell us the, the song you chose? It was A Whole New World. Yes, that's from Disney's 1992 animated feature film Aladdin.、Uh, music written by Alan Menken and the lyrics by Tim Rice. Yes. So the original duet was recorded by Brad Kane and Leia Salonga, and they were the singing voices for. Aladdin and Jasmine, the main characters.、Uh, why did you decide to choose this song? So, as you know, Aladdin is my favorite Disney animated、uh, movie. Yes.、Um, and Leia Salonga is my all time favorite、uh, musical artist. Right. And I just absolutely love all Alan Menken, as you can tell from the, the rest of the song game. Right.、Oh, that's why I picked A Whole New World. So, I, I really like this song. I think it's the best song that probably Alan Menken wrote. <laughs> And he's, he's written a lot of songs. Oh,、um, yeah, definitely. I like how they, in the movie, they put it together with a magic carpet ride and they go all over the place, even though it's like probably not periodically correct for some of the places they go.、Uh, it's pretty cool. There was also a single. That was released for this song,、um, performed by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell. Yeah. And this version actually peaked at number one on the US Billboard Hot 100 chart on March 6, 1993. And that song replaced Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, which had a record 14 weeks at the top of the chart. That's crazy. Yeah.、Um, so I, I didn't actually didn't know that it was labeled as Aladdin's theme. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What would you have thought was Aladdin's theme?、Uh, I don't know. Like, you know how the intro has like the, the Agrabah music? Right. Like, I would think that would be Aladdin's theme. Yeah, that would make more sense. Or something or you like, know, like one jump, riff rat, you know? street rat,、yeah. you know, that part. Yeah. That part of that would, one jump. Yeah, yeah. The reprise. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the soundtrack labeled as Aladdin's theme. It's crazy. So, this song also got an Academy Award for Best Original Song at the 65th Academy Awards. Yeah, also got a Grammy. Exactly. Song of the Year at the 36th Annual Grammy Awards. Yep. And that was the first and so far only Disney song to win in the category.、So、really? Then, yeah. That's shocking to me. Yeah, for Song of the Year. Because that's like the big time award right there. Yeah. It's like the. I mean, I guess it makes sense because it had the RB version of it. But I think it was the film version that won for that. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't the, the single version that won. Well, you go, Leia Salonga. <laughs> exactly. <go> . Exactly. <laughs> That's why she's a, a Disney legend now. Yeah. So, yeah, she went, she went on to、um, sing as Mulan as well. Yep. Which is the, the next film we're talking about nice here? Nice segue. Nice segue. <laughs> Thank you. So, the second song you chose was I'll Make a Man Out of You. 
and that was written by Matthew Wilder with lyricist David Zippel for the 36th animated feature film Mulan in uh, 1998. So it was performed by Donnie Osmond, who's the singing voice of Captain Lee Shang, in lieu of American actor B.D. Wong, who does the speaking voice. So there's something like a little weird for me on that because B.D. Wong can actually sing. Yeah. I wonder he's why. A, he's a Broadway star. That's true. I don't understand so. why they didn't just like use him. I don't know. You know, like maybe it had to do with, I don't know. It's it's just weird how like with Jasmine and Aladdin they had different people, um, their ethnic characters, and they had different people doing their voices, their right. speaking voices as opposed to their singing voices. Well, yeah, like if you look at the song too, um, you had Eddie Murphy, who was himself, and then Mushu. Yeah, he was Mushu. Yeah. And yeah, so they they had the voice actors of Yao and Chenpo and Ling also do their own singing in yeah. that song. Maybe they just didn't think he was a strong enough singer. I don't know. It's possible, but you know, it's B.D. Wong, so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it was a weird choice. So, but I mean, it worked. It did. I mean, I couldn't tell. That it wasn't B.D. Wong who was singing this song. Yeah, first. I think Donnie Osmond did a good job with it. I think so, too. So, this song was written to replace We'll Make a Man Out of You. Uh, we'll Make a Man of You after the original songwriter, Stephen Schwartz, uh, left this project in favor of working on DreamWorks' The Prince of Egypt, if you remember that movie. That is a great movie, too. Yeah. I, I like that one, too. The Moses They have one. a great song in there. Um, man, when You Believe? The... Yes. That one is a great song. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. So, um, before Mulan, Donnie Osmond auditioned for the role of Hercules in the Hercules movie. And he was turned down by the directors because they thought he sounded too old. <laughs> Um, I mean he was old by then yeah and they they cast him as a singing voice of Shang because his singing voice is similar to Wong's speaking voice which but you know why can't BD Wong do it (laughs) I don't know I don't know maybe like I said maybe he just wasn't a strong enough singer well you know they had Angela Lansbury do you you know yeah and she wasn't a strong singer. Yeah. So she did a lead song, which is... Well, but Angela Lansbury only wasn't a, a strong singer because she was old by that point. Yeah, exactly. But she she's known to, you know... She can sing. It's she just can that, sing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, B.D. Wong is more known for his acting, so it, it might be why. That's probably They why. wanted somebody that was like super comfortable in their singing and maybe he wasn't comfortable with it either he probably asked for them to to cast somebody to sing it instead of him yeah so in addition to the english this was also recorded in different languages um there's a a mandarin and a cantonese uh and a spanish version and jackie chan yeah jackie Jackie chan (laughs) he recorded the chinese uh versions so, you know, he's multi-talented. Jackie yep. Chan. There you go. Was Jackie Chan the speaking voice too? I I don't think so. Or was this just a cover, like a song cover? Yeah, I think it was a cover. I I did watch the music video for it, and Jackie Chan is like singing and like doing some kung fu moves. So awesome! It's pretty cool. It's probably <laughs> as amazing as I'm picturing right now. Oh, definitely. You. You know, it's just Jackie Chang singing and and doing, like, moves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the next song and film, which was 
let it go from to Disney's 2013 animated feature film Frozen. Um, and the music and lyrics were composed by husband and wife song writing team Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. So um, the the ones who performed it on the film were Idina Menzel as Queen Elsa. Um, well, she's the one who did it. Yeah, and then the pop version was Demi Lovato. Right. And that was on the closing credits? Yeah. And she has a, a music video, too. For the, the pop version, right? Right. So, um, why did you choose Let It Go? Well, as you know, in the song game, I kind of wanted to make it pretty hard. Um, and the hard part about was it being a couple of seconds in the intro. Right. But this one is was my easy song because in the first few seconds it's just so distinct, you know. Right. Da, you already da, da, know what it da, is. Da, just Yeah. That part. Da, 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 da. You could just yeah. you could tell what it is right away. Yeah, just 2 seconds in, you already know. Definitely. So, this reached the top 5 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and it also won the Academy Award for Best Original Song in 2014 and the Grammy Award for Best Song Written for Visual Media in 2015. And there were a lot of different covers recorded in different languages. And Yeah, too many now, to count. Yeah. I think everybody would, would be tired of just like hearing it. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yes, without a doubt been overplayed and um they're still playing it <laughs> it let it go is today's version of like my heart will go on yes where so, it's just played so much that eventually you get sick of it but you just can't help but sing it when it comes on yeah we can't just let it go yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wish we would but yeah um it's um what do you think of the song itself like the words i mean it's or... a it's a great song and it fits the movie really well and the tone that it was trying to strike mm -hmm. it definitely fits idina menzel's vocal range because she has that strong belt right um and i feel like they wrote it for her you know just because she she's alphaba every time she sings <laughs> that song and she hits that that chorus you're just like Oh man, Alphaba, keep singing. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So do you think it um it really does Elsa justice? Um Oh yeah. It like the it, words in there. Yeah, it and it's it strikes that tone of, you know, her character growth and what she's going through. Definitely. I agree. Cause it goes from that that relative minor to that, that major key. Yeah, the, just, the key change. Yeah, that key change really just like whoo, power ballad. Definitely, that's that's um, that's a sign right there. It's like, you know, it resolves the the minor to the major. Exactly. So the next song you chose was "I Won't Say I'm in Love," which was a song written by Alan Menken and lyricist David Zippel. For Walt Disney Pictures' 35th animated feature film, Hercules, in 1997. And it was performed by American actress and singer Susan Egan in her role as Meg, the film's heroine and Hercules' love interests. So then there are also the, the muses in that as well for backup. Although not all the the muses were credited in the as a vocalist on the track, so um, why did you uh, choose this song? Um, I chose this song because it was kind of a throwback to you know our childhood with the '90s and uh, Hercules, and um, it's just a different tone. Um, the the whole entire movie of Hercules was a different kind of musical tone where he want where Ali Mankin wanted to incorporate the gospel sound plus that doo-wop 
right you get it from the from the muses um and it has the elements of motown and you know that old type of teen pop right exactly Um, so that's why i wanted to incorporate this song where you get that kind of change from that super poppy disney feel to something that's you know more i don't know it's like a throwback both in terms of our childhood and and the musical style yeah i like it it was unique especially at the time because you know it was all show tunes and stuff it, like alan menken was doing that until you get to this movie where it's like whoa you got the muses with their doo-wop style and motown and i'm like wow this is pretty legit yeah and speaking of uh susan egan um she was also bell right in the the broadway musical of beauty and the beast in 94 that's right so she originated that role um although she wasn't the voice actress for bell in the movie um she did the broadway uh bell. right so, so she had some some history with alan menken and exactly, working with him exactly so since she was the originated uh the voice and the the role you know they decided to use her as megara i think that really worked for her, Megara, that role. Yeah, yeah. That sassy kind of, you know. Yeah. Den- denying her own feelings, but she's a strong, independent woman. Yeah. I think her voice really works with that. Because I remember listening to the Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast, and I heard her voice, and I'm like, that's that's Meg. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's not Belle. That's not Belle. <laughs> But yeah, I guess I got used to, you know, was it? Paige O'Hara. Paige O'Hara, yeah. Yeah. I get used to her voice. <laughs> her voice is actually not, it, it's different now. It's not how it used to be. Really? Yeah. Because uh, if you look at the 2011 um, Disney Legends ceremony where they, like, uh, that was when Leia Salonga, Paige O'Hara, uh, Jody Benson, Anika Noni Rose, they all got inducted into the Disney Legends and they sang together. What did um, what did they sing together? Each of their songs. Oh, okay. Okay. The they're all the Disney princesses and the sing the singing voices of the Disney princesses. Right. Um and yeah, they sang each of their songs. So it's it's definitely out of her key now. So she got deeper, her voice. Yeah, I mean it comes with age, but That's true. Unless you're Leia Salonga. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know, she's a real legend because she still has the same range, even though, you know, her voice got deeper, her speaking voice, but her singing her, voice is still the same. <laughs> her range has increased because she has that timbre, you know, on her yeah. lower register. Yeah, there you go. See, it added but to like, it. She, she's practiced enough to maintain her upper register and it's insane. It's still effortless. Yeah, I can't believe it. Like, she's not even struggling to do it. Yeah, I don't know how she does it. She's the the MVP, I think. Yep, yep, <laughs> definitely. Disney legend, for sure. I think they should keep using her for some more. They stuff. should. Her voice isn't that old. I mean, you know, they, you know, they use Julie Andrews. Yeah. So why not uh, Leia Salonga, right? I mean, I would root for another Mulan movie. Without a doubt. Mulan 3? Yes, please. (laughs) That'd be cool, I think. All right. So the next song you chose was How Far I'll Go, which is from uh, a newer movie, Disney's 2016 animated feature film Moana. And it was written and produced by Lin-Manuel Miranda, performed by Ali Carvalho as Moana. Yes. So, also, Alessia Cara perf- uh, recorded a version for the soundtrack. Um, it was nominated for Best Original Song at the 89th Academy Awards and Best Original Song at the 74th Golden Globe Awards, but lost both of those to City of Stars from La La Land. Yeah, I was very sad about this. Yeah. Um, because it was Alan Menken's chance to uh, 
to finally get an EGOT, which is the coveted Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Why would, why would he have gotten it? Um, all he needs is an Oscar. Oh, but he already has an Emmy, um, a Grammy, and a Tony. Okay, but didn't he... uh, Lin Manuel Miranda do this one? Yeah. But you said uh, Alan Menken. Oh, sorry, I meant Lin Manuel. Oh, okay. Uh, Alan Menken already. <laughs> Alan Menken already has an. Yeah, he's he's got his. Yeah. Yeah. He has a what he calls a regot. Regot. Yeah, because he has a Razzie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he joked about that at his uh, at his uh, concert that we went to. What was the Razzie for? Newsies. Really? He yeah. Got one for Newsies, huh? Yeah. Which is unfortunate because it became a really good Broadway show. Why did you choose How Far I'll Go? It's because it is Lin-Manuel Miranda and he's a national treasurer. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought Your Welcome would just be, you know, too obvious. Right. Because, you know, Nelson's story about how he knew, he knew. all the words. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. <laughs> and the question I made was pretty hard because it was just like the ocean sound. Right. It's not like there's no, like, clue. Yeah. Until the yeah. second clue. <laughs> yeah. But amazingly enough, Kay, who's my roommate, was able to get it just from, from the that. ocean. <laughs> yeah, because she heard that and then she started singing it, and she's like, "Oh, I know this." Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but it's a great song. It has that show tune vibe, but it's also kind of soulful. Mm-hmm. So, I like the song a lot. So it fits her character. That's cool. I like. Um... Yeah, it just it just shows how Moana has that desire to to see more because she's already seen everything on that island, basically. Mm-hmm. Her reprise is really great too. Yeah, I like it. So, moving on to the next song you chose, which was "True Love's Kiss" from uh, the two thousand seven Disney film Enchanted. Uh, written and composed by Stephen Schwartz and Alan Menken, and then performed by Amy Adams and James Marsden. Yes. So it looks like Stephen Schwartz came back and uh, actually did something with Disney. Yeah, so <laughs> Alan Menken um, convinced Stephen Schwartz to do this movie with him because essentially they were making fun of themselves. Um, because of all the um, the prior Disney princess movies that they did? Yeah, so the whole movie, um, Enchanted, is basically Disney's chance of making fun of themselves. And both paying homage to itself and making a parody. So True Love's Kiss was written as a parody of the typical I Want songs of early Disney princess films um, from the 30s and 50s. Sort of like um, uh, the I Know You... Once oh, upon a once dream. Upon dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Snow White's uh, "Someday My Prince Will Come." Right. You know those types of longing. So that's what True Love's Kiss was written for. Yes. And so it was. It was kind of difficult for me to to get it because I for ha- had forgotten all the enchanted songs. Oh man, it's such a great movie. I I know I I like the movie, but you know. It was forgettable for me for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I think um, my favorite song from Enchanted is So Close, though. Oh, yeah. that when, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. At the ballroom like scene? That. Yep. Man. And then they play it in World of Color, and you're oh, just, like, man. aching like, inside. You're, like, bawling. dying. Oh. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> you see Mufasa and Simba, and you're just like, no, why? It, the feels. It hits you yeah, in the feels. It hits you in the feels. Ugh. Man, so close. It's such a great song. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to pick that one too, but I was just like, I could just pick so many Alan Menken songs and make this a really hard <laughs> Disney song quiz, but... It will be an Alan Menken quiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the history of Alan Menken, everybody. Chronologically would be... Uh... That would be too easy, though, because you would know. Yeah. 
You're True. just like, huh, what's what's next? I know, what comes next? next? Yeah. Yeah. So, after that, you chose uh, from Cinderella. It was, so this is love. Right. And do you, why did you choose that song? Because honestly, I forgot about it. Oh. So, it wasn't until, like, I was going through Facebook and... Um, you know, some people were, were doing the same song quiz okay. and they started this song and I was like, man, what movie was that from? And then Kay just goes, it's Cinderella. I was like, what? When, when was this? And then I looked into it again and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It was in the ballroom. Yeah. That's oh. right. Yeah. It's at the reception at the palace and then she, she sings, so this is love. Mm-hmm. It's like. She she falls in love with him from one dance. Yeah. Which is great, why uh, great show make, of love, right? Right. Which is why <laughs> they make they make fun of it in um Frozen. Ex- yeah. <laughs> yep. Make fun of it in Frozen, they make fun of it in Enchanted. Right. Um I mean, it's it's these love tropes that set unrealistic expectations of love for young ladies and you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just met the guy at the yep. ball and then yeah. you're in love with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love is an open door. Yeah. It's... From Frozen. That exactly. that one is a great song because like it's it hilarious. Too. Yeah. I was like, uh, when I first saw that Love is an Open Door, when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, here's another love song. Yeah. <laughs> and then it completely flips it on its head and you're like oh man i could jive with this yeah yeah <laughs> you go disney pretty much the the guy you think is the the prince is evil so yeah yep spoilers just kidding it's been I out mean, for forever Frozen? Really? <laughs> 2013 yeah just kidding man it's like five years already yeah frozen two yikes i think moves like time just moves yeah <laughs> yeah so the next song that you chose was from the princess and the frog mm-hmm. um just in the soundtrack or actually in the, the movie it was dig a little deeper correct yep that's correct is this is during the scene with mama Odie? is that right yes so it's when they're already frogs Right, right. So, so the yeah. So the reason why I picked a song from The Princess and the Frog, um, because I wanted a hard quiz. Um, yeah, this is hard. It's hard because the the problem with The Princess and the Frog, it it wasn't really the two D animation that made it kind of not succeed the way they wanted it to. It was the fact that the story wasn't as strong. And when I walked out of the movie theater, I didn't really find myself singing along with the songs like with all the other Disney movies that I used to watch. Exactly. It didn't have that catchy thing other than um, Almost There, you know? That, that was song... the one that's like always played. So yeah. I would have thought that's the song you pick, but you, you pick Dig a Little Deeper. And I was like, wow, what is the song? <laughs> I mean, it was a little unfair, but honestly, it was still a little fair because you go to Disney, you and Nelson go to Disneyland a lot. Yeah. And um, they feature that one in the magical map. Oh, do they? I didn't. Yeah. Even, you know, I like fall asleep watching that magical map play. <laughs> That's your nap time. <laughs> yeah, that and the Tiki Room. So. <laughs> Don't tell Zane that. Yeah, he loves Tiki Room. But, yeah. But he's too distracted by it to notice me sleeping so <laughs> <laughs> for now for now for now yeah yeah but yeah it wasn't like unforgettable for me yeah it's a shame though because like Randy newman wrote a lot of the music yeah so or if not all of it i think it was only neo that wrote yeah, he one did of one. them he did yeah. never knew i needed which is the yeah. end title song. It's mm-hmm. an R and B. I thought that was a good one too. I didn't. I didn't even. Uh, <laughs> I didn't it even... was a 
good one, but it didn't like it didn't stick in my mind. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I feel like this the the movie, honestly, it needed a little bit of Alan Menken. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just because like either Alan Menken or like somebody that's really good with lyrics like um, Steven Schwartz right. or, you know, Zipple. Yeah. Somebody that could like spice it up and make it so it's catchy. But, but I mean, like Randy Newman, he did a lot of stuff for Pixar, right? So Yeah, I've... but those are things that happen in the background. You know, the characters aren't the ones that are actually singing it. Oh, that's true. This one where it's like they put it the song in the spotlight. Yeah. It's essentially like a, a musical. Yeah, yeah. With Pixar it's like he wrote the, the score and like the songs, but it was not the the characters who are like for sure singing it and stuff. Right, right. I mean, I love Randy Newman. He he's done great work with, you know, Pixar and whatnot, but I don't know, it it just lacks something, you know? Yeah. That's true. This one did. I think so. It was it was like to me the music and the story didn't do this idea justice of of the princess and the frog. Yeah. They could have they could have made it a lot better film, I think. They could have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's unfortunate because I really wish that they did more 2D animation because they it's it's gorgeous as much as their 3D is. Oh yeah. And it's very hard to do 2D. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh well. Hopefully they do more 2D in the future. Yeah, I hope so. I miss it. I know. Alright. So the next song you chose from was from Lady and the Tramp. And the song you chose was the Siamese Cat Song. So the the score for the film was composed by conductor and uh, conducted by Oliver Wallace. Then they had recording artist Peggy Lee write the songs with Sonny Burke and assisted with the score as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sang uh, the Siamese cat song. Right. So why did you choose this song? I mean, some people find it a bit controversial. It is controversial. Um, I mean, you have somebody named Peggy Lee um, performing, you know, this Asian song, um, well, it's sort of Asian song, um, and uh, yeah, it it was kind of racist, but um, it's it's part of Disney history, so right. you know you can't ignore all of Disney history. That's true. Yeah, and it's it's part of a very recognizable uh, movie, Lady and the Tramp, and um, I figured it would be really hard. But Nelson still got it. He did <laughs> because because of the the gong sound, and he he eliminated the Mulan from it. So right, because it's it yeah. sounds kind of old, right? So. Yeah. Deduction. There you go. But yeah, um, Lady and Tramp, nineteen fifty-five. There's some other songs from Lady and the Tramp that are really good. Um, I like, but I wanted. The... The one when they're at Tony's, the Bell Bella and Nolte. Nolte. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great song. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is everybody knows this song, so it's yes. one of those that it's both hard and both easy at the same time. Yeah, because you'll know it. You'll hear the yeah. the gong. You're like, yeah, uh, Siamese cap song. Yeah, the hard part was like actually knowing the, the title. Name. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I gave it to him because how are you gonna really know it's called the Siamese cat song? True. Most people True. call it We Are Siamese anyway. Yeah, because that's yeah. what they say. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I gave it to him. I'm surprised he didn't pick Oliver and Company. <laughs> <laughs> you just thought that I would. Or like um, The Fox and the Hound or, you know, Pete's yeah. Dragon or something like that. <laughs> well, that those are more your speed, you know? Yeah. Those think, are the movies that you've watched over and over again. Pretty much. I would I would know it. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted kind of an even playing field. To yeah. Some extent. That makes it even, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I All still right. think you had a, a a leg up on him since you have a son that listens to Disney music. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but 
also i i just remember a lot of these songs so yeah that's true speaking of uh randy newman um the next song you chose was if i didn't have you which is uh written by randy newman <laughs> and it appeared in the end credits of the 2001 disney pixar animated film monsters inc it was sung by john goodman and billy crystal who voiced james p sullivan and mike wazowski um this song won the 2001 academy award for best original song it was newman's first oscar uh he was nominated previously um 15 times for best in score and best song categories but he never won and this is arguably the film's lone song because the tune serves as the major motif for the film so there was some criticism of the song because it sounds like a second-rate version of toy stories you got a friend in me but it's still one <laughs> yep mm -hmm. but i mean who are you gonna sue yourself yeah exactly i mean <laughs> He wrote the other song, so he didn't win in that song. He won this song. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, critics can be critics, but there's there's things with certain composers that they always bring in a certain kind of a signature. Um, That's why with, Nelson thought originally this song was You've Got a Friend in Me. Right, and he kind of broke down there. <laughs> He's yeah. like, no, 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 Micah, no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, if you listen to any John Williams song... Right, you'll, exactly. You'll like, confused. Indiana Jones, and then, yeah. you know, then you got Star and Wars. Superman, like, Star Wars, going Harry on? Potter. <laughs> like, like I said, each composer has their certain favorite instrument or certain favorite um, riff the phrase, that they throw yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's part of who they are. It's their life's theme song basically and you know if you think of randy newman you think of that kind of laid back kind of jazzy funky feel and that's just how he writes yes i agree that's his style so i mean we can't fault him for his style yeah we could just appreciate it exactly yeah i like that song too i mean especially because they had john goodman and billy crystal perform it also Disney Legends. Yes, they both are. I yeah. saw them. Oh, wh where did you see them? At their legend ceremony. Oh, you were there? I was there. Wow. Do you want to talk about that? Sure. When, I saw when did this happen? <laughs> um, I think it was 2013. Let me let me make sure. Because um, I watched the, the um, Disney Legends ceremony um back then was it like in la but that they it had was it, during d23 yeah it was d23. 23 okay yeah it was during d23 expo um that's when they conduct their disney legends ceremony right um and yeah they were there they were the guests of honor but nice. the most recent one that i went to um oprah was a surprise but i didn't actually get to go to the legend ceremony um, because I was in line for, I think it was the live action panel. So next year, you're going to go to the legend ceremony? Do you know who's being honored? I don't, but I don't think I'm going to go because usually if you line up for like the live action or the animation panel, okay. the legend ceremony happens right after it uh -huh. instead of having it on the a different day. So if you're lined up for those... Once you're in the panel and you get out, the other people are already in. Yeah, they get they go so, in already. Yeah. So you miss the Legends panel. Okay. Yeah. That's cool, though. You got to see John Goodman and Billy Crystal get inducted. Yeah, it was cool. I think I have pictures somewhere, but, I mean, they're not of great quality. So. Yeah, I think I saw your pictures, too. That's yeah. cool. I'm glad they, they're in there because yeah. they're great. I mean, they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, John Goodman did more than just uh, my uh, Sully. He was um, on Roseanne. That's true. Before, so. That's true. Yeah. But how about Billy? You know, if you're I don't know. Else? I don't know if he's done more for Disney. Other than Mike Wazowski. 
<laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, he was he was on ABC sitcom, but yeah, that's true. You know, sitcom. Hmm. John Goodman was in one, so yeah. I guess it's for like their work in television too, and in general. So apparently, there was a uh, another version that was a cover for Disney Mania. <laughs> you know the, the the Disney Mania albums where they have yeah, like with the, the pop stars, version. yeah, yeah. So apparently, the Disney it Channel was, stars. It was Mitchell Musso and Emily Osment, the the co stars on Hannah Montana. They did the cover for this song. Man, where have they been? Seriously. <laughs> I think I think I saw Emily Osman on Freeform. Really? Oh, yeah. in the in the Young and Hungry or what? Yeah, was yeah, it? I think that I think that's where she's in. Yeah. Yeah. Is that still going? Uh I think so. Yeah. Huh. Cool. <laughs> that's interesting. Oh, it looks like it was on his last season though. Uh, young and hungry. Oh, uh, right now, yeah. Yeah, it said July twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. Uh, okay. Ashley <laughs> Tizel produced it. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> the pop version? No, no. the The young and hungry oh. show. Oh. Yeah. At Good least for her. Uh, she's doing something. <laughs> Who? Emily Osmond or Ashley Tisdale? Both. I mean, I didn't yeah. even realize they're both involved. With something. Still. I know. I thought they, they disappeared. I mean, Ashley Tisdale definitely disappeared. Except she's she still has those, like, YouTube videos. Yeah. It's like it's like I, Shia LaBeouf. What happened to that yeah, guy? Yeah, well, he went kind of crazy. I know. But, but he was always crazy. I mean, yeah, I Even, guess. Like, as... Uh, Louis? Yeah, Louis Stevens. Yeah. I mean, but it was cute back then. Yeah, but you could kind of tell already he was going to turn into this crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> he did that movie Holes, right? Like, Yeah, he did man. Holes. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> anyway, after that song, um, you, you chose If I Never Knew You, which is uh, the bonus song. Um, it was sung by American recording artists John Cicada and Shanice, and this is from Disney's 1995 animated feature film, Pocahontas. Yep. It was written by Alan Menken, with lyricist Stephen Schwartz, and originally recorded by Judy Kuhn in her film role as the singing voice of Pocahontas, and the American actor Mel Gibson in this role as Captain John Smith. Um, Shanice and Cicada's version is heard during the film's end credits and was released on September 12, 95 as a second single from the film's soundtrack after Vanessa Williams did a pop version of the Academy Award-winning Colors of the Wind. So um, it was originally developed for a prison scene where Pocahontas visits Captain John Smith before he's sentenced to death for the alleged murder of Kokoam. Um, the musical number, which was 90% animated, was supposed to be a duet performed by the pair as they acknowledged their love for each other. Um, so they cut it <laughs> right. from the film. Alan Menken uh, decided to have it cut because it slowed the pace of the movie down. And then another song, Savages, occurred not more than five minutes after that. They felt that it kind of like slowed the pace. But honestly, if you watch the extended version of uh, Pocahontas, which you can kind of see on um, sometimes when they show it on TV, they show the extended version. Or right. if you have the anniversary edition of Pocahontas, if you watch it all the all the way through and seeing it fully animated and integrated, it doesn't draw away from it. Like really? it, it flows really well. Huh? So yeah. they, you think. In your opinion, they should have kept it in there. I think they should have. It's a beautiful song. Um, you finally get to hear uh, Mel Gibson sing as John Smith. Um, yes. And it, it added that kind of emotional connection between Pocahontas and John Smith. Um, 
if you didn't already have that by Colors of the Wind. But yeah. I, I just I think it the sequence was just it was really beautiful. What did you think of the um, the John Cicada Shanice version? The I, I think they did a really good job on that too. Um, it's it's just a beautiful song all around. Uh, so I I like it. Speaking of um, the Disney Mania, uh, <laughs> this was also covered, and guess who covered it? Uh, Cheetah Girls. Correct. <laughs> uh, the Cheetah Girls, Cheetah Sisters. Man, I don't know if I'm a big fan of Disney Mania songs. Yeah, I don't like it because I I think they kind of ruin the songs when they did the Disney remember Mania. When- when we were eating at like Goofy's Kitchen right. recently, exactly, I was like, "What is this?" And you're like, "I think it's Vanessa Hudgens." And I was like, "What?" It was. She did a cover yeah. too, like Disney Mania. I can't believe. I don't it. know what what song she was covering, but it wasn't. I don't know. It was just really weird and way too poppy and overproduced. Right. Exactly. exactly. Like, what's wrong with the original song? What's wrong with the original pop version? <laughs> you know. Seriously. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a little 90s or whatever, but, like, who doesn't love the 90s? They made a part two of that. Out of the 90s, part two? Yeah. 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 Man, VH1. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Cheetah Girls. Whatever happened to 3LW? Man, I liked them on their own before the Cheetah Girls. Yeah. And they people always forget about 3LW. I like the their their debut single. That's that's what I remember. No more, baby, I'm gonna do right. Oh man, no more. <laughs> that's my jam. Yeah, I, I just remember listening to that. I was like, whoa, these girls are good. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too bad they uh, they went all Disney on us. Okay. I mean, I, you gotta love you some Cheetah Girls at some point. Yeah, but, but by the third uh, movie, you're just like, oh man, when is this gonna end? It's like you know they <laughs> they they went from actual girl group to pretending to be a girl group in a movie, and then they actually toured. Yeah, as the Cheetah Girls, like yeah, what happened? You were three LW. <laughs> yeah, and then they broke up, and you're just like, what? Yeah. Oh well, you yeah. know. Apparently, they still have a MySpace. The Cheetah Girls do. What? Yeah. <laughs> Who has a MySpace? I guess music artists have MySpace. I mean, at one point, I think I read that like Justin Timberlake bought it to be a music site. Oh, I don't. Wow. I don't know if he still does. I just, I just looked at it. They, they still have a MySpace. What? Girls? Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, and the first song on there is "If I Never Knew You" from Disney. Mania. Oh my goodness! No. Wow, you go to myspace.com slash cheetah girls, the cheetah girls, and there it is. <laughs> Who even uses MySpace? My goodness. I thought everybody moved to SoundCloud, so it's like, what happened there? They're still in MySpace. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. I agree. It's um it's like a throwback. It's uh <laughs> Yikes, it's like going back to the year 2000 or something. Anyway, those were all the songs chose. Um, yep. We kind of went on a tangent with the Cheetah Girls because they, they covered If I Never Knew You. but I mean, we both went on a tangent. I started talking about I Love the 90s. It's but okay. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's what our podcast is about. Just talking Disney and stuff related. <laughs> so... Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Um, we are almost to a 1,000 listeners. I mean, not listeners, but Instagram followers, which is a bit different. Um, hopefully, you guys who are on Instagram are, are also listening to the podcast. Uh, because once we get to a 1,000 followers, we'll probably do a giveaway. And you should be listening to this podcast so that you could get stuff from here that will probably answer the question that we're going to ask so you could win the giveaway <laughs> so yeah um please subscribe 
leave us uh, a rating, hopefully five stars, and you know a review, and then we'll keep our content coming for you guys. Uh, definitely look at our social media accounts like Instagram and Twitter, and join the discussion on Facebook as well. So thanks to all for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you continue to listen. Um, and uh, until next time. All right. See you real soon.